Since all major New York City news outlets are often run by editors who are at the mercy of but are militant, often leftist media unions and HR departments who equally have power over them and know who they kept late at work the last two weeks, uh, they have canceled any centrist or what many would term as normal viewpoints of anyone who is from the mainstream or anyone who is known to be really for what was traditional democracy as it's been done for the past couple of hundred years in New York City and across this great United States. You know, that one man or one woman, one vote, and that produces a majority of choice, a plurality of decision, unity amidst diversity. This is not what the communists want. This is not what the socialists want. It's not collective enough. It's not selected. It's a risky thing. A leader might actually, well, lead. So the cliques that run the cabal and those in the covens want it limited to those who've passed through the narrow needle, in many cases, of a leftist troika so twisted that it invokes images of a 3D Tetris game at level 100 and makes it seem almost simple. It's hard to trust much of what is published as factual in those conditions when media companies are run that way. See, I mean, if you have, for example, today is Sunday, the New York Times has its religion column, but it's run by an atheist. And it was placed there, that particular opinion of putting someone who is anti-religion, anti-Christian, and anti-all religions in charge of the religion page as part of an effort to, they said, counter the religious views of the majority and put them in check because we can't have people thinking that there may be something to all of it. At least, that's what the New York Times editors say. See, to them, any normal uh, Republican or Democrat who doesn't represent some lab-crafted alternative to the known universe, or something the CCP in China, for example, might want for its uh, investment playground in New York City, is something they don't want. Any populist win? Well, it's a threat to their fringe 1.3% metrosexual, satanic, cultist, baby-killing, abortion-addicted, fascinated world that's often drug-induced to have rule over New York City. And they want a puppet, not anyone too popular or anyone who actually might be able to lead. So who is more popular? How would you know beyond surveys? Well. It's time for people to take a look at what people are looking and talking about. And this can happen online. By far, Sliwa is leading people's curiosity. The New York City mayoral polls of 2021 on Google search have been updated as of uh, October 29th. One month ago on Google search, Eric Adams was slightly ahead of Curtis Lewa. He had about 51% to 49%. Since then, Curtis Lewa has topped Eric Adams. And they have been toe-to-toe for the last one month on Google search. But lately, Sliwa is marginally ahead of Adams at best. But Sliwa's leadership is gaining. It has grown in the past few days to 12% over Eric Adams. And in fact, in the last few hours since an accident, it's jumped to 30%, with Sliwa leading 
over Adams as we go towards the home stretch of November 2 and Election Day itself. Think about that and listen to this. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And today I'm really excited about having a chance to talk to my friend for many, many years who's conducted a brilliant and brave and energetic attempt to save the city of New York, which is what I describe it as. This election is not just an election. We always say that, but you make the wrong decision here and this city is doomed for 20 or 30 years. You make the right decision and it can be saved within a year. The last time the city had this kind of big increase in, in crime, stayed that way for 27 years. No Democrat could fix it. It took me to fix it. And it was 27 years after it began. And the last one, Dinkins, got it up to 2,000 murders a year. Can't have that happen again. It will happen if you elect the wrong person. Here's the right person. So this is not a, a, a debate or a, this is a, an attempt to really listen to, 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 to uh, Curtis is thinking, give him a chance to describe things like he can't do sometimes because of the sound bites and find out why he's running and why it's so critical that he be mayor. Curtis? Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. My Kumbari Chich, yes. Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> you better tell people what that means. Uh, that means you're not a blood relative of mine. Right. But you're so close, you would take a bullet for me. You're darn right. And I would take a bullet for you. Yeah, I remember when you did take some bullets. Yeah, I went to visit right. you in the hospital. Yeah. And thank God you put away the yeah. heads of organized crime. Well, they might have come back for a second or a third try. <laughs> well, Curtis, I think you've run a really terrific campaign. And I think a lot of it has gotten through, even though the media didn't give you, you know, fair treatment. But I, I, I'm going to start with the, ba the basic question that um, destroyed Edward Kennedy. Then why do you want to be mayor? Well, look at our city. It's obvious. Bill de Blasio has single-handedly destroyed the city that we love. A city that you helped resurrect from David Dinkins, then Bloomberg managed to keep it that way, and then just in eight years, it's like mm. we're back in the 70s, 80s. Yeah, it happened fast, didn't it? Right, and when the lockdown and pandemic came, it was such a precipitous drop in the quality of life. Zero tolerance, the homeless, emotionally disturbed, all at once. And you see Even the graffiti came back during oh, that time. It's everywhere, potholes. There isn't one quality of life issue that Bill de Blasio has addressed. And he's been so pretentious, so omnipotent, so pompous, so full of himself, that in the waning days of his term in office, he's now walking around Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, <laughs> muttering to himself. <laughs> he can't even walk in his beloved Prospect Park, the very progressives and liberals who elected a mayor twice. Yeah, no, nobody supports him. Oh, no, they, they dog him, they yell at him, they scream at him, and now he walks around Greenwood Cemetery, and I think even the skeletons are rattling a little bit from their <laughs> graves and mausoleums. They always vote Democrat, though. Yeah, he is so unpopular, and... My opponent, Eric Adams, is now Bill de Blasio 2.0. So he, he defended he, him. He tries, um, he tries to give the image that he's a, a moderate. Uh, and he sold, for example, the New York Post, which I find incredible. So explain to us 
how you believe he would govern. What would what would he do? Like, and obviously, the big issue is safety and crime. That's number one because he can't do anything until you solve it. How would you approach it, and how would he approach it? What, well, what, what would the difference be in the first three or four months? He is a chameleon, depending on what group he's talking to. So if he's amongst the developers and the realtors who are bankrolling him, whining, dining, pocket lining, he's saying to them all the things they want to hear. I'm going to crack down on crime. We're going to have safe subways, safe streets. You're going to be able to bring your workers back. They won't have to fear for their life. So naturally, they like hearing that. But then he'll talk on the Breakfast Club to a hip-hop group and say, I've met with stone-cold killers who are gang leaders, and I am going to bring them into City Hall, and they are going to help me put together a public safety program. His words. And you say, wait a second, if you told that to the developers and realtors and the people who are desperate to yeah, get there. Obviously, we're getting away from way far out liberal socialists. You know who did this magnificently? Remember Yasser Arafat? Yes. Right. So to uh, European and American reporters who would come, he would say, no, you don't understand jihad. Right. It's a spiritual yeah, cleansing right. in the Muslim faith. Then to his own Arabic reporters, he would say, jihad, we're going to crush Israel. He got away with that. Yeah. You can't let Eric Adams get away with it. And the media... All they have to do is Google. They don't even have to do a deep dive. All you got to put in is Farrakhan and Eric Adams. So tell us. And tell, it takes you back to the 90s. So tell us about his support for Farrakhan. You were involved in this. I know. Yes, Rudy. Uh, screwy Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam, who doesn't know a white person, a Jewish person, a gay, lesbian, or transgender person that he doesn't hate, was coming to New York City to appear in Jacob Javits Center. Mm hmm. And you denounced that right away because you were running against David Dinkins for right. the second time. So he goes to David Dinkins. Now, he's the head at that time of the Guardians that eventually becomes the 100 blacks in law enforcement. And he goes to David Dinkins, who he's supporting and publicly says, you cannot deny Minister Farrakhan an opportunity to speak because he knows the way to make safe streets in our communities. So he vouched for Farrakhan to his credit. David Dinkins did not fold, and he even used technology. He said, David, we'll pull our support from you and support Rudy, which you know he was never <laughs> going to do, right? <laughs> David Dinkins, to his credit, stood up to Farrakhan and said he should not be speaking at the Jacob Javits Center, a state facility. Uh, of course, the well, man guess, was a virulent anti-Semite and a lot of other things. Right. Guess who went to hear Louis Farrakhan speak? I went. It was open to the general public. And so what are you doing here? I said, I'm a white devil who wants to come and find out how evil I am, which shook them. Because you know me, I do all, everything unorthodox. Now, Eric Adams was not there, but he continually, all during the early 90s, praised Farrakhan. In fact, when he was running against Major Owens in a primary, he used the Nation of Islam to collect the signatures. And Farrakhan endorsed him against Major Owens, who was the congressman right. in that part of Brooklyn that represented Crown Heights, parts of Bed-Stuy, and parts of East New York, Brooklyn. Well, getting the city back to being safe is not really brain surgery. I mean, it was done before, and for, for example, de Blasio took a billion dollars out of the police department. Would you put the money back in? And, and what, uh, as far as I can tell, he, he's 
like on most things, he's kind of uh, wishy-washy on this, whether he's going to do it, not going to do it. Oh, yeah, no, no. We would uh, refund the police immediately the billion. And then we need at least 3,500, 4,000 cops. Their ranks have been depleted from early retirement, normal retirement. Well, maybe worse than that with yeah. the, with the uh, 10,000 or so that... Uh, right, who are not getting vaccinated, who will be fired uh, as of the weekend. But anyway, this is my plan. You have Madison Square Garden pays no property taxes. Columbia and NYU sit on billions of dollars worth of endowments, and they use that money to buy up property in Morningside Heights and in Greenwich Village. They pay no property tax on that. So I'm going to do what was done. Remember, before you became mayor, they had safe city, safe streets, right. a dedicated tax to hire the officers that you need. Needed. I think they got up to about thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, we we actually got at one point over a little over forty. And you needed it, so this plan will allow us to get up to thirty-eight thousand. And I'm going to tell Jimmy Dolan of Madison Square Garden, you want to go to Secaucus? Go ahead. How did that work out for the Nets, huh, Jimmy? How did that work out? Columbia. NYU, oh, you're producing really fine students yeah, now who yeah, are advocating right, the overthrow right. of America and that they become like AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> so if you want to leave Columbia, you want to leave NYU, no problem. They're not and that leave. money will be dedicated to adding, first of all, keeping the 10,000 the 10, that we might lose. Yes. And then adding another two or 3,000. 3,500. 3,500. Right, which we desperately need. Okay, next. Do we uh, restore the anti-crime unit or a specialized unit that is uh, specializes in taking guns off the street? Well, in addition to that, do you know that the detectives, there used to be 7,500 detectives. We're down to 5,500 detectives. 2,000 less detectives. That's why you have all these unsolved shootings. Of course, they're going to have a backup that's monumental. And then you look at Brooklyn, which has the highest violent crime rate, where Eric Adams is borough president. And you know me, Rudy, I'm at all these places. They shot eight people at the Eleanor Roosevelt Projects, Bed-Stuy. Curtis was there, not Eric Adams. They had a drive-by shooting in Brownsville. Curtis was there, not Eric Adams. They had a Haitian mother shot twice. Gangs were shooting at one another. She died. Eric Adams was not there. And then you know the most recent one, the Gowanus Projects, the 16-year-old girl who was shot by gangs. I was there. Eric Adams was not. He's still the Brooklyn Borough President. But remember, he doesn't go to these places. So you know what I did, Rudy? Well, you'd have to come in from New Jersey, right? Exactly, Fort Lee. But you know what I do. You know how I am a Weisenheimer. I walked around with a milk container yeah. with his picture on it, going up to all the residents. Have you seen this man? And look at him. Isn't he running for mayor? I said, you know, he's your Brooklyn Borough president. I didn't know that. Have you ever seen him here? No, I haven't seen him. You see, the media would give you the impression that he's a man of the people, a blue-collar guy. He's not blue-collar. Oh, no, 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 no. He's a very uh, removed kind of guy. Very, uh, I mean, he's not a, he's not a, a, man of, a man of the people, a man of the street. Rudy, he's not, right. We don't even know where this guy lives after two years. Can you imagine? Right. You would elect a man who is such an enigma, he can't even answer that question. And then he's had problems with the IRS. He blames it not on himself. He says, well, my accountant was homeless. He was in a shelter. He failed me the first time. I gave him an opportunity to amend it. He failed me the second time. And I said, my God, if you become mayor, are you going to make him the budget director of the city of New York with a, a, a $100 billion budget that needs to be totally brought down? So let's take a short break. Sure.
If you listen to the socialists and the communists, this is all they have to say about what is coming to the Democratic Party and its current leadership. The tired, tired, old Democratic Party that is beholden to big money. We are winning race after race. We're winning the war of ideas. We're winning over the people. The people were already there. And it's about time, my friends, that we have more people holding office who share our values and our ideas. I mean, this is how crazy, this is how crazy this is how, how much we're winning. We've got Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on board pushing our agenda. This $3.5 trillion bill, Bernie wrote it, Biden backs it, and we're winning. <laughs> That's the good news. I'm Ben Carlisle, and I'm running for mayor of Buffalo. My wife and I have been able to live out the American dream right here in Buffalo. I'm running for mayor to make sure that the American dream remains tangible here in Buffalo for anyone who's willing to put in the effort. For some people, the American dream is handed to them on a silver platter, but for the rest of us, it takes hard work to realize the American dream. I learned about hard work from my parents. With six brothers and sisters, we always live paycheck to paycheck, but I never felt poor. Anytime we needed extra money, my dad would take a second job working nights, and my mom always had a job. My parents provided us with the necessities, but beyond the necessities, we had to work for it. I got my first job when I was nine years old delivering newspapers. I'd get up at 5.30 every morning and put in a few hours of work before most of my classmates rolled out of bed. When I was 14, I got a job working on a farm picking watermelons and cantaloupes in 100 degree heat for $4.50 an hour. I put myself through college working 40 plus hours a week, and I took out massive student loans for college and law school that I'm still working to pay off. Nothing was ever handed to me, but I have found that if you work hard, the sky's the limit in Buffalo. My wife Azima is living proof of this promise. Azima grew up in India. She and her family immigrated to the United States in 2002. They left India thinking that they had permanently left behind government corruption and socialism. In India, the smallest cooperation from the government requires a bribe, and because of socialism, Big Brother has invaded nearly every segment of India. Deadly violence erupted in Azima's home state, her senior year of high school between Hindus and Muslims. A strict curfew was imposed that closed nearly everything. Azima and her classmates had to finish their final examinations under police supervision. Azima and her family were able to escape the violence and made it to the U.S. just before Azima's 18th birthday. When she and her family arrived, they had nothing. They had to live with family for the first year in order to get their feet on the ground. Azima didn't waste one second of that first year. When she got to Buffalo, she immediately got a job and enrolled in community college. She then put herself through college and med school, and now she's a fellowship-trained ER doctor. According to India Walton, the socialist who wants to be our mayor, it is impossible for a poor, brown, Muslim immigrant to get ahead in Buffalo without massive governmental intervention. But that is a lie. What it takes is a dream and hard work. Azima and her family love Buffalo. They find it to be a very welcoming place where anything is possible through hard work. I couldn't agree with them more. Buffalo is a special place and it's worth fighting for. If you believe the American dream is still worth fighting for, come fight this fight with me. I'm not running as a Republican or a Democrat, just a concerned but hopeful Buffalonian. Better days are here.
I'm Ben Carlisle, write-in candidate for Mayor of Buffalo. Where was Bill de Blasio? You would have thought. Like Ed Koch, remember how Ed Koch was sure, a cheerleader? Sure, sure, yeah. Encouraging people. That's what I want to be. Right. I want to be a cheerleader to encourage people to come and enjoy New so York City. So let's ask City. a few quick questions. Yes. What about, uh, what about taxes? What are, uh, do you have a plan to reduce spending and therefore reduce taxes? Oh, no doubt. Uh, first cut, Thrive. We eliminate Thrive. That's one and a quarter billion dollars that de Blasio have purloined. They didn't spend them for the emotionally disturbed. Department of Education. Remember you said the old Board of Education should be blown up on Livingston Street, Brooklyn. It's all oh, Rudy. How could you say that? But nobody you, in it at the time. Right. You were absolutely yeah. right because all the bureaucracy sucks up all the money. Oh my God. It's a, it's a job protection system. It's right. not a school 33 system. billion and teachers still have to pay for supplies for their students out of their own pocket. We must be having the same problems they're having in Virginia and with the, with the curriculum. I'm sure there are a lot of schools, because I get complaints about it, doing uh, uh, critical race theory, uh, white people are evil, uh, and also start, starting to question young children about their gender. I'm sure, I'm sure we have all that going on. They want, they, the Department of Justice of Biden wants the FBI to investigate these parents who complain. Gee, they pay all the property taxes, right. subsidize the schools. You're not permitted to complain. As domestic terrorists, when I'm mayor, come in. Whatever opinion you have, you have a right to be heard. In America, we want more free speech. We don't want less free speech. You don't like certain statutes like Columbus or Thomas Jefferson? Then we build more statues. Remember what Mrs. de Blasio did to Mother, Mother Cabrini. The people voted. They wanted more female statues. They were right. And they voted number one, Mother Cabrini. And Mrs. de Blasio and Bill de Blasio said, Ixnay on that. Luckily, there, Andrew Cuomo came to right. the rescue right. and built the statue, subsidized it in Battery Park. We need more discussion, more debate. And this is what they're trying to limit. And Eric Adams is not a person who is an open-minded person to sit down. If you're a gangbanger who's killed people, <laughs> he'll sit down with you. But if you're a taxpayer, you know how you save on taxes? No speed cameras. Speed cameras go just like they were thrown out in Nassau County, Suffolk County, and in New Jersey in 2014 because they don't prevent accidents. Right. It's just a revenue raiser and no congestion pricing. That's another tax against the middle class, especially if you're coming in from Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, or north of 60th Street. These are all yeah, what taxes. You, what you lose in economic activity uh, uh, really destroys any, any revenue benefit you get from it. I mean, because a lot of people just stay home. And now you can stay home. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's much uh, the, the critical reason for a city existing is less dramatic now than it's ever been. Meaning cities were necessary because people had to congregate to do certain kinds of jobs. Don't have in to. In large anymore. numbers. Don't now, a lot of those jobs can be done just as easily Rudy, somewhere else. When you go into the foyer of your apartment building, you probably worry that all the e-commerce boxes from Amazon and the other companies might fall on you and you'll be <laughs> underneath and it'll be, uh, I've fallen and I can't get up. How are we going to open up all these small mom and pop shops when so many people, because of I the seem, lockdown... I seem to remember it's a Democrat who, who uh, 
cut us out of really benefiting from that. Yeah. By getting rid of, by getting exactly. a, a, AOC, wasn't right, it? Right, right. Yeah. And the, the didn't do a damn thing about it. Right, but the point is we have millions of square feet of unused commercial space. Now, what are we going to do? Turn them into mausoleums because we're running out of uh, cemetery space? Remember in the 70s, we took the old factories w that were not being used and we turned them into storage well, what space. The what the city needs most of all, than any particular issue except for crime, is that passion that you have. Yeah. See the passion you're, di you're displaying right now? That's what tells me you can be a great mayor. Well, remember, you cut you my gotta have You've got to have passion for this job. You can't show up for a press conference an hour and a half late. You can't be worried about, uh, you know, your $2,000 suit. Uh, you, you, this is, a, this is a, um, a service job. And to your credit, the dean of all TV news broadcasters, Gabe Pressman, I honored him at the first debate that I had with Eric Adams because he was in Channel 4. Dominic Carter, who broadcasts here at WABC, said, Rudy could be hard, but he had a press conference every day. He came out there. He took questions from everyone, including, remember, the Hispanic guy there who represented like a community newspaper. Every day, you, every day. You and treated I, him the same way you treated New York had Times at Daily News, and he was always on your case. But every it was day. My, it was my ability to communicate right. with my people. Right. And uh, whatever they asked, I'm the one who's in charge of the answer. Right. And they all queued up. And they all got their questions out, and you answered their questions every day in that green room at City Hall. I mean, I, uh, now it's like it's all controlled. De Blasio's in his silo. They pick the reporters. No, and you can see you can see that Adams has that same very very structured. Like when he was debating with you, he didn't even look at you. He was a robot. He was a robot. All it was. And this city. This city needs. Uh, it needs someone who understands crime, knows how to reduce crime, but it also needs somebody that has spirit. And I mean, the best mayors, I don't know how to say this the right way, we're a little different. LaGuardia. For sure. LaGuardia, they have that great, they have that great cartoon of LaGuardia. He comes yep. into City Hall in the morning, and he, when he leaves at night, the whole thing is blown up. <laughs> the whole thing right. is all blown up. Koch on the bridge going exactly. crazy. And me. You've got to be a character. Be, yeah. You know, they'll say you're crazy, you're eccentric, but this is what New Yorkers love. They yeah, don't there's an want art to it. Anybody locked it's out. Part of the morale. It's part of the morale of the city. It's also part of the people feeling that he's one of us, he cares about exactly. us. He, uh, and whereas this is a very, very removed personality. So you got to do it, Curtis. Well, I learned from the best. What, what final message do you have? Oh, final message that I say to everybody out there is that they've made it seem that this is a fait accompli. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the, that's part of the brainwashing. He's mayor already. He's waiting the word from Pope Francis uh, in the Vatican for beatification. You know, this guy, <laughs> he's the Mashiach. Who did we do this for before? Barack Obama. Yep, Barack Remember, Obama. Remember, we gave him a Nobel Peace Prize, and he hadn't done anything to earn it. Yeah, actually, yeah, then, he, then he went to war. Right. <laughs> We're making the same mistake. It's a form of idolatry. They put him in on this pedestal. He's almost like a shrine, an untouchable. How dare you ask questions? That's why Friday, 12 to 1, if you don't see it live, you get in on the podcast at WABC. I will expose Eric Adams. I invited him for a debate, paid for the hour, you know, with the 
with the campaign uh, money that we were able to raise. And just like Ronald Reagan said, you can't mess with me. This is my microphone. I paid for it in New Hampshire. Remember in that primary? I remember that in one, one New Hampshire for Same thing. I am going to reveal everything wrong that Eric Adams has done. And you, all you got to do is Google. It's not like you had to do a deep dive that the media will not ask him. Well, They've anointed him and insulated him. Well, you know Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> Don't go to sleep on me because I keep coming that, at you. See, the city is in very, very bad shape. And it's, um, in some ways, it's worse than it was in 93, further along, on the road to uh, decay and true socialism. And um, I'm not saying this to you, I'm saying this to them. You need somebody who is going to be dynamic, who's going to try new things, uh, who's just not going to cave into it. And there's nobody with a better personality for that than you. And remember. That's the most important quality that we need right now. I'm the mayor in city council, which is stacked with Democrats, socialists of America, who take their orders from AOC. I'm going to show my pen. And I'm going to say, hey, this is not named Vito Facello or Vito Antifermal. <laughs> this is to veto your outrageous legislation that is going to impair all of us. Well, you, want, you want a prediction? You'll get along with them better than he will by engaging with them. Right. And because I'm in their neighborhood. You know, I, 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 so uh, people have gone further left than when I was the mayor. But I found that by engaging with them, a lot of those people that seem like they were crazy left, if you talk to them a little, they have common sense. And when I ran for re-election, about a third of them endorsed me. Yeah. Because we got things, things done. I remember one, he endorsed me because I went to his father's wake mm. and funeral. Mm. He said, if you, if, uh, Dinkins would never have done that. Right. You did it, I'm going to endorse you. You've, you've, got what I'm, you've got the personality to do this job, and we need it badly. And Rudy, so, you were the outer borough mayor. Absolutely. Your sentiments were with the people in Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx. They will never forget that, even if they're not here any longer. And I am an uh, outer borough guy. As you know, born and raised in Canarsie, Brooklyn. You went to Lachlan with the Christian brothers who would hit you so hard your mother would feel the vibration. <laughs> I went to Brooklyn Prep where the Jesuits shined their boots on my backside in my senior year, kicked me to the curb, and I never looked well, back. Well, I think the thing you've done during this campaign is to show people there's a lot to Curtis Lee with. Yeah. Yep, the uh, Guardian Angels is, is a, a great credit, not just in New York, but all over the world, and all the young people you help through that. People don't focus on that. That's true. A lot of the people you bring in, I saw that right away, a lot of the people that you bring in, who knows where they would have gone, I and you're not. You knew them because you were the first to support us. I converted gang members to become peacemakers. Eric Adams wants to recruit killer gang leaders to come to City Hall who are not going to give up their killer ways and who believe that snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. Do you imagine the fear in their neighborhoods that already exist? But if they get to meet with the mayor, if they get to come to City Hall, they will be untouchables. People who live in the projects, the tenements, who are already in solitary confinement. They say, oh, you can't put the inmates in Rikers in solitary confinement. Look at the elderly in the NYCHA housing complex, the tenements. They live in solitary confinement. But if he empowers these killer gang leaders, they'll be untouchables. Yeah, we've got, we, we, we have probably the most critical choice up to this point in the history of New York City, and we've got to make it right. And uh, you've got the spirit, you've got the background, you've got the experience. You're, you're particularly strong in the one area that has to work. Nobody's ever strong in everything, but you're, this is the time for, for Curtis. 
This is exactly the right time for this city. And I, my heart is breaking to see what, what, what this guy has done to it. And I have no doubt that it's just going to carry on with another phony. Uh, and it needs you. Well, Chris. just think, so, he gave Bill de Blasio, Eric Adams, in that debate, on that debate stage, a B plus. Yeah, B+. That means they're going to be like two peas in a pod. Together forever. You vote for Eric yeah, well, Adams. He, you're getting another he, four years at the block. So here's 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 how I here's how I'll give you I'll give you my, my opinion. <laughs> Maybe Adams gave him a B plus, but the city's operating at about F minus right now. Our people are suffering. Horrible. They're suffering, and this isn't right. And after all the work that I did, I am going to do anything I can to try to convince people to to vote for you because this is our chance. I don't know if we're going to get another one. God bless you, Curtis. Thank you. Thank, thank you for taking us on. Oh, my. And you are a happy warrior. Definitely. You know, it's so good to see that. Sure. Well, you're uh, my kumbari I, ta- I talk to a lot of people at the end of a campaign, and they're, oh, oh, oh. my feet hurt. My back hurts. Oh, they were so mean to me. It was so terrible. Oh, I don't know why I ever did it. Look at that smile on your oh, face. Oh, I love it. I love that retail politics. That makes you a politics. hell of a leader. Going out with the people. Okay. God bless you. Thank you, Rudy. <laughs> thank you. This is Bruce, the first commander of the Queen's combat team of the Garden Angels. If you are capable and truly care about protecting our city from crime, then let's talk. This is a volunteer basis and I need your help. Help in restoring and taking back our city one street at a time. Call or text me at 718-517-0335. There are true angels in all of us. Let your inner angel help me fight. So, do you dare to care? Call Bruce at 718-517-0335. That's 718-517-0335.